uh, I, I, I put on a bit of, bit of music on Spotify, and f- of all things that happened on Spotify, the Illin Pipes came up. You know those Illin Pipes, those Irish transcending, you know, out of Braveheart stuff? Something just really spoke to me soul with them. I was like, oh. And then Jeremiah came to me. I said, Jesus, what are you saying here? This is what I, I got. Is, uh, come to the crossroads and ask for the ancient ways. Ask for the ancient paths. Do you ever when you get so busy in your life, you're kind of like, where next? And I just love that verse. Come to the crossroads and ask. This is what God says to us. When you get there and the hustle and the bustle and all of that stuff. So I needed to be reminded this morning of what is this all about? I won't name the person, but there's somebody in their church that always says, what is this all about? And it's a great, it's a great question because it really is a good thing to ask. What is this all about? What is Lesotho all about? What is going to Belfast all about? What is coming here this morning all about? Right? And it's about union with Jesus. It's about getting more of him and showing more of him. That's what it's all about. So I'm going to remind you this morning of what epic story. Excuse this. Um, as I play a little video. Um, but I'm going to play a little video. And this stuff speaks to my heart. don't know about you. Probably, hopefully it does to you. But I need to be reminded of the epic story that we're, we're a part of here. And why we're doing this stuff. Why we're going about what we're doing. Ma, will you play that video for me? Obviously, the, the, the gospel story is a lot cooler than that, right? But I just wanted to tell you, you are part of an epic story. Going to Lesotho is part of the epic story. You know, sometimes 
and again I'll go back to that question, what is it all about? Think of this story, right? Let's just think about it. God creates the heavens and the earth. Breath into life comes this beautiful universe. And then he decides to create humans. After creating everything else, the cherry on the cake, the crescendo of a symphony, he creates man and woman, us. And what does he say? I'm going to create you in my image. You still bear that image. You are still part of the epic story. Adam and Eve really messed it up. I think if I was Adam and Eve, I always say this, I wouldn't have just had the apple, I would have been making apple pie. <laughs> right, kind of thing. So, and it just remind. I needed that reminder. Because it's so, I was talking to some, some guys this week and I was saying, wow, I've noticed how quickly my heart can turn to despondency. How quickly the enemy can try and get at you and go, you're not part of a big story. You're not part of that. <laughs> you don't have, I don't even exist. Right? And take you out of the story. And that's what I want to do this morning. Talk, about, talk to us, what is God up to? What is he at? Why did he do what he did? Let's take back to the garden. One of, my, one of the, the, the beautiful pieces in the garden. Adam and Eve have just fallen. Now God had every right to come along and say, you muppets, get out. I'll destroy you, I'll start again. It's the first thing God says. Where are you? <laughs> where are you? He knows they're hiding. He knows where the fig leaf is over over the first sign of religion in the Bible, fig leaf, right? So, and where, where are you? Folks, that's the first part of our, of our restoration story. God saying, where are you? And that's what I want to talk about today, where God is still asking us, where are you? In the parts of your heart and in your life where he's knocking on the door. Start of the Bible and the end, Right? starts with an invitation and there's still an invitation at the end in Revelation. I stand and I knock. And the, the handle of the door is on the inside. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to ask you, how's your restoration going? <laughs> because it's meant to be a journey, right? You believers in Jesus. And I say this tongue in cheek and, and let me. How's glory to glory going for you? <laughs> right? Because if I was asked to, you know, glory to glory, really? I'm meant to be experiencing glory to glory. I barely get out of bed <laughs> worrying or something. Do you know what I mean? Or even in my work, I'm like, stuff can take me out. And I'm like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not experiencing that glory, Jesus. Jesus said, his first public appearance, his mic drop moment, the spirit of the living God is upon me because the Lord has a anointed me to announce good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's the first thing he said. And to proclaim freedom to the captives. To let out into light those bound in the dark. It's a pretty big promise, isn't it? So again, how's that going for you? And then in 2 Corinthians 3.18, this is what Paul says. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him 
as we changed into his glorious image. And Rob just sang about that earlier on. We all, we all agreed with that. We were all like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. But we've to experience that. We, that's what's on offer. And this is not a condemnation thing. How's your glory to glory thing? As if you're failing. The good news. <laughs> the good news. Jesus is the one to help you. It's Jesus that's what's on offer. You can't do anything with this stuff. Only kick the door open. Kick the door open. And places in your heart that are stubborn. We're going to talk about that now in a minute. I remember um, somebody saying this. Jesus will entertain talking to you through the window for a while. But then he'll come back to your door and ask to be, are you letting me in or not? So there's places in my life where I've talked to him through the window because it's comfortable. Where there's a gap and I'm like, yeah, yeah, on my terms, Jesus. It's a little bit safe here. I'm fine with this. I'll let you a little bit in. But I'll pass the tea out through the window. And he'll keep on coming back to the door. And asking for that restoration, asking for you to be put to to be to be made in union with him. The human condition is utterly lost without Jesus. Jesus is the only Jesus that's available to us. There's no other Jesus. But unfortunately, sometimes we go to other Jesuses, other saviors, other idols, etc. Because that's our human condition: selfishness, arrogance. Stupidity, rage, anger, lust, you name it, this is endless. We need a saviour, not just from those things around us, but internally and from ourselves. Without Jesus, we are utterly bereft, left to ourselves, left inside our minds, and it just spirals. And the good news again, I'll say to you again, Jesus is the answer to this. Not you, there's nothing you can do. You've tried those ways. I've tried those ways. I've gone down that road. Thank God Lorraine isn't here. There's a great spot in the Matrix where, where they say to Neo, he's about to get out of a car, and they were like, Neo, you've been down that road before, mate. It doesn't work. Try this way. The promise of Jesus is not just to escape the world that we live in, right? If anything, it's to help us be part of it and the answer to it, but it's to, ins- to escape and have freedom from the world we've created internally, in our hearts and in our minds. It's a big one. The world we live in in our heads every day, and how the world, and how we see the world, how we interact with the world. He gives us a transplant into the reality. Where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That root word, truth, is also reality. It's the same root word for the word reality. Jesus is saying, I am the reality, the only reality you should know. And I'm the only way to bring you into that reality. So that's what we get if we try and escape the, um, if we look to him to try and escape the washing machine that is in our heads. Not just the world, but it's what we, how we internalize the world, how we make up of things, how our heart reacts. Salvation is to be fully inhabited by Christ. Let that one sink into you. Salvation. So you know different types of you've been saved you're going through salvation and then eventually thank the Lord above he'll bring us home so this bit in the middle where we're getting to be more like Jesus we sung about it more of you you know glory to glory that salvation is to be fully inhabited by Christ where you come alive where you find who you are where you find where your overflow 
is what the world gets. So again, I ask, how's that restoration going? There's a few categories I want to talk about here. Um, how's your trust of Jesus going? How's that working out? I'm going to tell you the truth for me, right? On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do I trust Jesus? In some instances, 10 out of 10. In others, do I trust them to come through on certain things? Do I trust them with all my money? Do I trust them with my career? You know, my life? Do I trust them with Hannah's life? Because I, I, I get worried about that, you know? So there's, there's limits. Like, I'm going to be honest, there's limits I put on Jesus. I, I trust you in some ways. But yet, he wants me to fully trust him. Listen to what he said in, in, in Mark 9. And again, this is totally paraphrasing, so you, you can read. Oh, sorry, it's Luke 9. Luke 9. You can read it yourself. I, I read this words, um, or this version in, in the new Bible I got, and um, the centurion you know, shows Jesus, no, 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 listen, mate, I know about authority. You just say that word, he'll be healed. And Jesus said, oh, this is astonishing. I haven't seen this level of, we know it's faith, but in this version of the Bible, the root word is trust. I haven't seen this level of trust. My challenge to you and us is, how, how well do we trust this guy? This magnificent, beautiful outlaw. This amazing, amazing man that came to save you. How much more do you need to put your trust in him? I would love, honestly, I would love Jesus to say, yeah, that guy there, he trusts me. I'd love that. And the great news, the great news, I have nothing that I can go, okay, I need to do something to enact that more. I have to invite Jesus into that space and go, Jesus, I want to trust you more. And, and open the door, right, to that place in my heart and say, there's places that need to be healed, clearly. And let him in, let him do his work. And not try and go, okay, I do better. Strive better. Okay, I'm going to trust you more. What i got to do? So I challenge you, what are the places in your heart where you don't trust? What are places in your life you don't trust Jesus for? I can, you know, have to, if you want, you can speak to us. <laughs> uh, but that's a really big category and a really important category. What about your heart? In the Psalms, it talks about you know, take my heart, make it clean, and having an undivided heart. David speaks about that. Let my heart be undivided. Is your heart divided at times? I have to say, sometimes my heart is divided, and I don't want it to be. I want to be single-minded and undivided heart. I want to be absolutely for Jesus. And what I've learned over the last couple of months is that I just need to keep inviting him into that place. I was striving for something. I was trying to get, get him to, I don't know, love me more or something? Or prove myself worthy of something? For something to happen? And I, I've just found out that, Lord, wherever is divided in my heart, I don't want it. Come, do your work. Heal me. Come, do your work. Yes, it's grace. It's from him. You know, that's the beauty of this message. <laughs> Just all we've got to do is kick the door open. Oh, I love it.
And then discipleship. It's so funny. During the week we had a great chat in, in our group about discipleship. And typical Jesus. Oh my goodness. He reminded me of something. It was actually, we were in the back uh, having a chat with somebody. I forget who it was. But <laughs> they, they were talking about their sin and all that stuff. And I said, look, Jesus has forgiven you. Right? Quick as anything, the Holy Spirit says, ah, oh, yeah, there you go. Talking about forgiveness. You don't even believe it for yourself. Oh my God. I'm, going, I'm going back to make tea. I was just, oh, it's such a Holy Spirit moment where he goes, don't, and, and the, the goodness of it, it was conviction, not condemnation. Like sometimes the Holy Spirit can, can talk to you in your own language. Don't, don't be talking to somebody about forgiveness when you don't believe it yourself. And that quickened my heart. I was like, yeah, you're so right. Oh man, just places in my heart where I feel my sin has been so dirty in the past, so manky, Lord, you, not even you. And it's false humility, it's utter rubbish. Well, you just open it up and go, Jesus, yeah, I need your forgiveness. I've got to believe. And I brought it to the Lord, going, I don't believe that you can forgive this. I was honest. I, I, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting how. And then he showed me the magnificence and the bigness of the cross. And that's what we have. So there's stuff there. Sin. That is just uncontended. That you feel that, that Jesus, no, I don't even want to talk to you about it. It's too crappy. It's too awful. It's, this is why he died. To set the captives free. So I say to you, if you're still struggling with stuff, Jesus, he's so kind. He is so beautiful and kind. He'll wait for the invitation. He won't barge in. It's not the God we have. He won't kick the door open. You've got to open the door. He is so kind with that. He's gentle with your heart. Very gentle. And watch what happens when you say, Jesus, can you open the door? Can you come in? Right? How about love? Ephesians 3.16 talks about the expanse of God's love. The height, depth, breadth, width. Right? You're my beloved. I love you. How, how's that going for you? How's that going for you? Because glory to glory can't happen with you not knowing that God loves you so much. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do I know God loves me? Probably 1. And the reason why I say that, I think I'm in a good place, by the way, because, and I say one out of probably a million, because there's so much more to God's love. There's so much more to it. Because I can't even put a number on it. I give a million as a human. But honestly, he gave his son to die. If that ain't love, I don't know what is. And the crappiness, the shittiness about religion is that it puts a veneer, a religious veneer over the sacrifice of Jesus. It was for love. Nothing else. It was to get you back because he loves you so much that he didn't want heaven without you. Simple. Absolutely simple. He wants, he wants sin away from you because he knows what it does to your heart. He knows it can lead you to death. And that's why he came back. I heard a great story yesterday. Um, there, was a, there was a huge crash in, um, in, uh, in the UK. Horrible, horrific fog and there was these policemen throwing, throwing cones at cars to tell them to stop, stop, stop. People were ignoring them, thinking, well, it's a car kind of thing. That 
act. Jesus to us as a human race, stop, will you? You're going into carnage. I'm the answer. I'm the cone hitting your windscreen. Right? You're going into carnage. Come back. So how's that category going for you? Love. How much do you believe in God's love for you? Now I can tell you now, if you believe you're in a good place, fantastic. You're at one in three billion. There's so much more for you. But if I can, if I can speak to your heart this morning, if you're not in a good place, please invite Jesus into that space. Please. Why don't you see what he does? See, the thing is, these places of restoration that God promises in his word, this stuff of I'll heal your heart, I've given you a new heart, Ezekiel talks about that, I will remove your sin as far as the east is from the west. Right? All of this stuff, I love you so much that I've lavished my love on you, the Father says. I've given you all of my love. What more can I, what more do you want? I've proven it through blood of my son. I will give you a renewed mind. It tells us in scripture, I will take your mind and I will renew it. These are things that, we, that's the, this is the stuff, and it's not an exhaustive list, that we are going from glory to glory. Right? Glory to glory. This stuff being renewed. But Jesus will not bang down the door. So if you're like me, yes, through, through, through this whole week, I came to this and I was like, all right, great, Jesus. Okay, I've aligned with that. I'm with you. I need restoration. I need places. There's places in my heart I need you. What do I do? And it's about union. I'm going to play one other little video to show just to bring, bring up um, what restoration could look like and does look like. This is a story uh, from the miserable, Le Miserable, right? The miserable, it's a great story. Uh, Jean Valjean, prisoner for, for 19 years, wasted his life in prison, God love him, stole a loaf of bread and tried to escape, and that's, that's why they extended his prison sentence. Comes out, he has a paper, that's his new identity, and uh, he engages with a bishop. He engages with a bishop. Ma'am, I feel like a gay born. I'm suffering while weary. And the night is cold out here. Though our lives are very humble. What we have, we have to share. There is wine here to provide you. There is bread to make you strong. There's a bed to rest from morning. Rest from pain and rest from
caught this man red-handed. He doesn't have to say you gave him this. That is right. But my friend, you left so early. Surely something slipped your mind. You forgot. I gave these also. Would you leave the best behind? This one, at least, this man has spoken to you. I commend you for your duty. Now God's blessing grow with you. But remember this, my brother. See you this some higher plan. You must use this precious silver to become Enormous man, by the richness of the martyrs, by the passion and the blood, God has raised you out of darkness. I have saved your soul for. Stop it there. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. It's a brilliant story of redemption and what Jesus has done for us. That's the gospel right there. Where Jesus has bought us. It's funny that it's silver, isn't it? Um, and how Jesus has bought us into a new identity, a new plan for your life. Um, we see it unfolding. And it's from his indwelling in us. And he wants that more and more. If you think what you have at the moment is, is something. Imagine how those places, if we open those places in our heart, what, what Jesus can do. I'm going to read out Colossians um, from my phone, actually. Colossians 1 says this. Um, it's pretty spectacular, actually. Paul is writing to the Colossians and, and he, he kind of says, look, this is the secret. This is it. Right? He says, at the very end of Colossians, he says, look, this is it. Right? So he's literally married the, the, the whole Old Testament, New Testament. He said, this is the epic story. This is it. Boil it down to this. For it has pleased God to tell his people that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. For this is the secret. Christ lives in you. And this is your assurance that you will share in his glory. So everywhere you go, we tell everyone about Christ. It is an overflow. See, the enemy did a number some years ago on the church. Let's, 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 let's try and put a nice religious veneer on this Jesus fella. Jesus was like an atomic bomb on this earth. Satan knew he couldn't turn it off. So what do you try and do? Replace it with religion. Give enough of Jesus, religious veneer. This guy was a locomotive. And he wants to be in your life. He wants to take your life and turn it into a locomotive. Turn things that you're accepting to not accepting. He wants to turn your life on its head for the good. 
And again, Revelation 3.20. I knock and I stand at the door of your heart and I say, can I come in? So what does this look like? I talked about union with Jesus. I want you all to put your hand like this. Thank you. (laughs) Now, all like this. That's relationship and that's what religion gives you with Jesus. Just enough touch. Just enough. Now do this. And squeeze. That's the Jesus that we want and what he's offering. That union. See that? Mishmash. Right? That's what he wants in our lives. That's what he wants. This is nothing new. This is the gospel message. This is not anything that I've just created or a new slant on things. This is what even Paul was saying. Christ living in you. Union with you. Even when you look in the Old Testament. Look at the Old Testament. Look at how the Israelites experienced God. There was an experience. Fire. Clouds. Right? There was an experience. Right? And you kind of go, I wouldn't mind even that. You kind of look, read those stories and go, gee, that would be a great manifestation of God, wouldn't it? I wouldn't mind a bit of fire, a bit of cloud now and again. But yet, we have Jesus. The guy that was in the middle of those stories. We have the glory of God living in us. We are temples of the living God. Right? We're meant to have that pillar of fire in us. We're meant to have all that tabernacle stuff, that stuff, that dangerous ark of the covenant living in you, that danger, that veracity, that whoa, that, that whoa, don't touch that, that's dangerous territory, right? That living in you, that's what's on offer. I'm just telling you what's there. That's it. But we, and scripture tells us, we quench that. Guys, it's time. This world needs the church, needs Jesus, right? But for whatever reason, he has chosen us to march it forward. He has asked us to go to Lesotho. He has asked us to go out to Bray. He's asked us to be disciples amongst one another, to carry on the war that wages in our own hearts and in our own minds, to go, no, no, we're taking claim, we're taking territory here. Uh Uh-uh, no, 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 no. I was really convicted this week. Somebody said... Uh, thank God it wasn't to me, it was to somebody else. You're accepting fear in your life when they prayed through. No, you're no more fear. You've accepted that. Let's get rid of that. You've accepted it. And uh, thankfully the, the person took it the right way because it can quickly go to, well, you failed kind of stuff, right? So we don't want to go there. But there are some things that are in my life that I'm accepting that Jesus will I paid for that on the cross. I paid for that on the cross. I've get, I, I, you have to step this stuff out. You've got to step into glory and glory. Not just sit there and wait for it, but align yourself with truth. You know when you hear something in Revelation that you're like, it changes something in your DNA nearly. You're like, oh, something clicks. There is more of that, right? This is how you're meant to experience Jesus. Look at Acts 9. And again, I'm paraphrasing, I'm using the the Bernard version here. Uh, Ananias, I'm pronouncing it probably badly. How are you? Yes, Lord. Uh, there's a lad I want to go. I want you to go and heal. His name is Saul. It's down Straight Street. Jesus gave him a sat nav. You see, it's all over Acts. You look at it. 
And I'm like, why are we? Like, that's what's on offer. Jesus didn't just turn off all of a sudden. That's what's on offer to us. That intimate directional relationship with Jesus. That intimate union with God that you're meant to hear his voice. How you take a left, take a right. And you hear glimpses of it sometimes in the church where Jesus told me to do this. And I'm like, I want more of that. That's the way we're meant to be living. That's the way we're meant to be calling one another out and going, no, you're accepting that. That's not good. No, no. You're a son of God. Step out of that. That's nonsense. No. Or where I go, look, I'm really struggling with something. I'm struggling with sin. I'm struggling with... And sin doesn't have to just be the, some of the big stuff. But it could be, I'm fearful. I'm anxious. That's not good. Whatever's not from God... You know, our faith is sin, right? That's the rule, unfortunately. That, I didn't write it. That's what it says in Scripture. Whatever's that faith is sin. And you're like, okay, that's sin. Get rid of it. Great. Jesus died for that on the cross. He died for your anxiety. He died for your fear. All that stuff is gone. It's meant to be glory to glory. I have no living place in the, in, in the believer. And from there, imagine what warfare would look like with the enemy. You have an enemy, folks, that hates you. And I don't, I, uh, sorry for using strong language here, but I hate you. wants to see you and your family. Right? How do you explain things that's happening in the world? How do you explain all the crappy mental stuff that's going on in the world? How do you do it like if we have an enemy? And Jesus has said, I will live in you. And not even, not even hell can come against my gate. Not even hell. I think we've got to step into a lot more of that stuff, and that's the invitation. Before you can rescue anyone, you've got to realize that you need to be rescued yourself. That's a fair comment, isn't it? You know, how can you... It's, it's like take the plank out of your own eye before you take the splinter of somebody else's, right? It really is that. So how do we get that union? One step at a time, it really is. And we're just going to pray. And it, sometimes this is not the space to do these things, right? Because it's, it's just maybe not conducive or whatever. Um, but I do want to at least, if anything has been brought up, uh, allow us a space and a time to, to reflect on what's been brought up. This is not a church in Sunday morning thing. This is it. Out during the week, spending time with Jesus and saying, Jesus, something was brought up or something may not have been brought up, Right? And if that's the case, you need to get time with Jesus this week and go, Jesus, what needs to be brought up? Because I want more glory. Now, this is a dangerous ask, guys. It comes with a warning, right? More of Jesus. He's, he's dangerous. He's the wild He's wild. If you're looking for an adventure, you wait and see what Jesus does to your life. Lesotho, what an adventure, right? Things we're doing in Bray, home churches. This is all adventure that Jesus is bringing us into. It's new frontier stuff. He will bring you to frontier. Right? If that's what you want. So, I was going to give it a minute or so, and then I will, I'll talk you through prayer. What I want you to do in this minute is just spend a couple of seconds just saying, Jesus, here's the space in my heart that I need you. Just one place. You don't have to go all. Like, don't. You don't have to bring up loads of things. Just one place where you say, Jesus, yeah, I don't trust you enough. I don't trust you with filling the gap. Or it could be a big one like this Jesus, I don't believe the Father's love for me. 
could be that one. It could be Jesus. I'm struggling with this and I'm ashamed to bring it to you. Or it could be, Jesus, I don't know what my future holds. I don't know where you are in that. So Jesus, this morning, we just give you our yes to come into those places. We confess that you are gentle, you are kind, you are loving, you have only but goodness in your heart for us. You told us in scripture, Jesus, that you are the vine and we are the branches, Lord. Sometimes I, I feel like I'm in a drought, Lord, and I just want to be connected to the, to the vine, Lord. Where full sustenance of life comes from you, Lord. Anywhere in my life that is not connected to that vine, Lord, can I just ask you to bring it back into the vine? I need to be an overflow, Lord. Anywhere where I'm striving, Jesus, can you just sort that out? This union that we just discussed this morning, Jesus, I give you my yes for more of that. Where in salvation, salvation happens when I am inhabited by more of you. And I say yes to that. Jesus, you prayed that we would be one as you and the Father are one. That when I opened the door, you and the Father would come and have an intimate space. I just confess, Jesus, that, Lord, sometimes I want an experience. I want to experience you more. I want to hear your voice more. I just cut off striving for that. And I just say, Jesus, I give you my yes to places in my heart, to places in my life where you can come in and I hear your voice. Amen. Amen. So I bless your week. I pray that in somewhat way, don't strive for this stuff, somewhat way you find the space that you sit and know that he is God. Just find space. Watch what happens. Amen. Bless your, bless your week and bless your family this week. We pray God's glory over you this week. We pray his beautiful love over you this week, over your family, over your work, over your finances, over your house, over your cars, everything. We just cut off any enemy schemes uh, by the precious blood of Jesus. And may you walk in, this, in the path that he has set before you. Amen. Amen.